the theme for the evening talk is focusing and insight. In the body of uh, meditation uh, instructions uh, which are given, one of the common denominators is the encouragement to focus our attention. And in that we are exercising uh, capacity and the quality of our inner life to bring attention to bear on things which are immediate and uh, close to us. So this focusing of the uh, attention is an uh, indispensable uh, feature of this. And we notice, of course, that at times there is the purposeful intention to focus our attention on something, and then there is also the times when there is movement and activity which is taking place, and our attention goes to something somewhat involuntarily. Thoughts, ideas, storylines daydreams or whatever. So we notice that in our relationship to life, and in this case our uh, inner life, there is the deliberate intention to focus upon, and our attention goes to that. And in the circumstances of things, things can pull our attention, and our attention is pulled into things. And so sometimes, with difficulty or with ease, we pull our attention back to the original object of uh, interest and uh, in doing that it enables us as much as possible to stay steady, to stay anchored with the object of uh, interest. And it's as though either the intention or in being pulled that our inner life can move between the two. Naturally enough, there is a preference to attend to that which we choose to attend to, and there is a reluctance to be pulled into when there are certain events of mind and body going on that uh, pull us. In the turning of the attention to the uh, specific, such as breath, such as body, such as listening, or whatever, that for the most part, in giving awareness and presence to what we turn our attention to, um, much of it is a general being mindful of. And how very easily, in just being mindful of, in just noticing, in just connecting with, we can begin to develop the idea that to do that is enough. Just to see what is occurring. Just to be aware of what is arising. Just to be with the breath, body, sound, or, or whatever the object uh, is. And so through that focusing on that particular, of course, outlook and attitude are entering into that relationship. And so we're focusing on an object, 
we intend to do that for the most part perhaps we're staying with it but nevertheless in the doing of that there is some attitude which is accompanying it it might be to stay with it therefore there is interest in continuity it might be to uh, accept what is revealing itself pain in the knee or whatever it might be it might be to attend to to change to soften to lighten to loosen to uh, let go so in any event that's taking place with our life even in just observing even in just observing there are other inner factors which are taking place which are entering into that focusing to accept, to continue, to change, to uh, let go of, to take deeper, or whatever. So we can't say, perhaps in uh, all honesty, oh, I'm just focusing on the object. Because mind is a vast thing, and, and other factors are operating there. Teachings have um, acknowledged this again and again and it is basically, the teachings are basically saying to us this relationship of focus and the object of focus is where, is the kind of container for our life. Everything that matters to us, everything that goes on in our life, every single issue of our life is bound up with what we focus on and the relationship we have to that and as I said a few moments ago sometimes it's quite intentional and purposeful and sometimes it isn't yet nevertheless we find ourselves at times compelled have to give attention to something and other times we genuinely wish to, so that movement back and forward, as I said. In either case, the focusing is significant, and, to repeat a little bit, what comes with the focusing matters as much. What do we bring into the focus? What's the attitude? What's the intention? What's the condition of, uh, or state of, of mind in it? And the teachings have, have said a whole life is bound up with this process call it subject, object observer, observed, witness and the witness experiencer and the experience call it whatever we wish but the whole life is wrapped up in this and therefore any enlightened awakening or realisation comes through discovery in that process not, out, not in some kind of metaphysical way outside. It's right in the focusing. Everything that we ever wish to see, know and understand is to be found therein, not out or away from it. So then the teachings have said and, and stated frequently and um, uh, beautifully and, and profoundly. It's not enough just to be mindful. We're shortchanging the significance of what we're doing. It's not enough just to 
be present or just to accept or, or whatever it might be. And there is a strong encouragement, uh, therefore, to actually uh, attend to what is called the three characteristics, the three, three features, three aspects in that process of being aware of object, being aware of breath, being aware of body, being aware of the state of the emotions, being aware of the feelings, being aware of the, of the state of mind, whatever it might, might be. When we are not, I'll touch on the three characteristics in a moment, but when we're not bringing that in purposefully, we are relying, it might be useful and beneficial, but we are relying, generally speaking, on the natural development of calmness and relaxation to be the way of being in harmony with what we focus upon. You know, sometimes we, say, we speak of mindful living, we speak of being present, we speak of being in touch with what, what is, and uh, just observing, just meditating, or whatever. If there's no clear conscious interest in the three characteristics, I'll speak about it in a moment, then what we're saying essentially to ourselves, just by being mindful of, just by being with, that itself will bring harmony with what I attend to, and in that harmony, calmness, well-being will come. And we've kind of adopted or taken up a view in, uh, in this, that somehow awareness is the solution. Being aware of is the answer to all personal problems, the resolution of all things that we attend to. And it's not surprising, therefore, that some people begin to feel the limitations and the frustrations and, and the inadequacies, in fact, of just being mindful, just being aware, just focusing upon. And even though, and plenty of you in the hall here, have heard about uh, the characteristics, uh, the three characteristics, it doesn't mean to say, in fact, that in the focusing on objects and what's arising, that one is genuinely and regular, not every moment, but regularly, really, purposefully, bringing the characteristics into the meditation, the first one of which is impermanence. Yes, everybody, Buddhists are always rambling on about impermanence, etc., etc. Et and it's, it can be kind of a, a circulating, floating uh, idea. It's something else to actually, in the focusing, in the meditation uh, itself, to genuinely attend to an object whatever that object may, may be, and without thought, without ideas, without just uh, uh, the one line of saying, well, this will go away, this will change, or whatever. One actually perceives the characteristic of it. One is actually looking wholeheartedly and fully at the fact of change. The 
Pali word is um, anicca. Nicca means permanence. Looking at that which is not permanent. To really attend to that, to, to truly to notice it in its gross and most subtle ex expression so that that actual perception or that, or that focusing is actually there as you look at something. What, whatever, feeling, a state of mind, thoughts arising and passing, a pain uh, uh, in, in, in the body, the momentary experience, even one's whole existence. And questions of um, past, present and future arise about one's life. And it means, therefore, that nobody can sustain that moment-to-moment -moment focusing on change, on impermanence, on coming and going. Nobody can do that each sitting, each, wa each walking, period. But what can happen is, as I said, one can just be mindfully sitting, mindfully being still, mindfully uh, going... Uh, uh, through the day with relative ease or not, but never really, really bringing in a clear connection with the actuality and conventional experience of comings and goings, of change, of impermanence, to really see it so that one is genuinely accessing it. It really is an important truly important feature of the meditation practice. Not enough, obviously, to hear about it or talk, talk about it. It's the, uh, really noticing it in the focusing, in the experience of it. And if one is doing that and attending uh, uh, to that, it has its ramifications in life, in, in our experience, in our relationship to, to things. And one of the features of, of that, it brings in significantly and authentically the whole notion and the whole movement in life towards any kind of clinging to anything, anywhere. So the perception of impermanence, impermanence in Dharma teachings is never to say this is the true reality of life, but is never, would never say such a thing. The perception of Im 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 impermanence is through the sustaining of the interest in it is in order to dig deep into the tendencies and patterns of life towards clinging and holding and grasping and identifying with that which is not permanent. It's not a, a, some kind of philosophical, scientific, uh, religious view of existence. Something else. So if you and I really have a genuinely true interest in connecting with the characteristics, not with true existence, with the characteristics of uh, existence, and we know that well,
the sure sign that we know it well is that grasping, clinging, possessiveness, holding gets less, therefore suffering gets less because they go together. And now practice, remember, is the resolution through practice of the problems of existence and one of the significant problems of existence is not the focusing itself. Focusing is just focusing. Objects are just objects. It's what we bring into the focusing. And what we have tend to bring into the focusing is clinging and identification and grasping and seizing onto that object which we focus on. That's what we've brought to it. And the teachings say, Stop bringing that to it. Look at the object. It's impermanent. It's not worth it. Look at the object. It's changing. Look at the object. It can't stay as one would like it to be. Live with the truth of it. Bring that to your focus from the moment you start focusing on anything which is of interest to you or anything which comes to you which is not of interest to you. Be clear about it. Don't fudge it. Don't waver it. Don't play with it. Then one has a teaching. God, this is a characteristic of a feature of existence. It's it, it, it's widespread across the way we perceive existence. Every issue of our life, which is causing some fact issues or other, somehow revolves our relationship around change, around permanence, around coming, around going. One can't think of anything which is in the tr troubles of existence, which is not associated with something which arises, or something which stays, or something which departs. Think of any problem in life, any issue in life, any anguish, any sorrow, any confusion, any aggression, any fear, any anxiety, anything which is called the problem of existence has its relationship to what we bring, to what we focus upon. And therefore you say, let, let, me, let, me, let me look at this, this condition of the species. And therefore if we're truly exploring what change, impermanence is, is uh, all, all, uh, all about. The uh, inner proof of it is grasping, clinging, holding starts to drop off. Because we're right there with the way things show themselves. The mindful practices and all of that are all helpful and, uh, and uh, useful for calmness and uh, relaxation. But they are small, preliminary uh, stepping stones, I would say, to go deeper into what it is to be in this world where there's a focus and that which is focused upon, where there is attention and that which we attend, attend to. But even in the uh, subtlety of all of this, to say that in the focusing one has taken the 
issues of what the Dharma teachings are about very seriously. I'm not treating it uh, kind of shallowly or lightly or just hanging out in a nice quiet space. One sees the superficiality of all of that. And one is attending as fully and as, uh, and as present as we can to what it is to be in this world in which the existence is bound up with focusing on what's focused on. That even in a depth of calmness of being, which is accompanied with clear insight into this particular uh, characteristic I referred to, and uh, a steadfastness which accompanies it, that even in, even in that, where one isn't being uh, shaken or uh, shook up by events, still there is something unsatisfactory, even when we cut through so much of the clinging and the holding and the grasping and identifying with. There's still something unsatisfactory about change. For the self, there has to be. Because even in the movement of the focus and the relationship and the connection uh, which is there, and even when we are very comfortable with that, something is unsatisfactory because the mind will have to say out of the depths of its being, is that it? Is that what it is? Is that life? Is that, is that the ultimate, the fulfillment of it? To live stabilized, clear, wisely focused, attentive to change, and learning to be with impermanence through birth, aging, dying and death, between this state of mind and that state of mind, between what's happening within me, what's happening around me, and to find a way to be steady with all of this change. Even if one, in the focusing, could be steady with continuity, 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 and that one felt, well, oh, my steadiness is so steady, um, it's not changing. And therefore I'm steady, and that steadiness is allowing me to perceive impermanence, allowing me to perceive change. I still say if one had that kind of grounded st steadiness, one would still, in the depth of the being, one would still be experience, unsatisfac experience unsatisfactoriness, which is the second characteristic of existence. It can never be a fulfillment of life and of realization and discovery to settle for being thoroughly grounded in the face of impermanence and steadfast with it and clear about that which would itself would be rare. But nevertheless, depth of being would say, this is still unsatisfactory. No matter how steady we are with impermanence. Even though the resource, the tool, the asset of focusing on things to see their impermanence, on situations, on, on life, is such a fantastic resource for cutting through, as I said, all the misperception that goes along with it. 
So what is happening when we're focusing and we're bringing through uh, to it this uh, the, the real genuine interest in these characteristics? It, it takes some of, of the pressure of the preoccupation with objects. That the, 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 the world of objects, sentient and insentient, states of mind, states of body, material objects, places and people, all objects of interest, sights and sounds, that objects gain, not easy to follow here, but objects gain their thingness, their issueness through the I and the my moving through the focus in relationship to the object. Without anything. So in the characteristic of uh, not permanence, of change, of impermanence, and the characteristic of, un of unsatisfactoriness that goes with it, the I and the my rises in the context of things and it gains a substantiality. really important to what, important to who, is something that goes on that in the building up of an issue or the building up of an object and giving it a great thingness to it, the self is built up correspondingly. Think of any situation. Any, situ any situation in life. One says, this is happening in my country, whatever it might be. So there's the object called country. The more much something is going on in my country in terms of itself or its relationship to other countries or whatever, then in the build-up of that, the self builds itself up. Sometimes to rage, hurt, disappointment, how could they, or whatever. Sometimes it, it comes through with relationship to people who are close to us. My mother, my father, my children, my friends. Movement of the subject called my, the self, which is arising, in relationship to something which is perceived called the object. In that movement, the object impacts on the subject, called my, myself, my role, my position, my idea of who I am, and that impact on the subject, impacts on the object, and all the fixations that go along with it, the self gets substantialized, becomes a problem for self, and the problem for self becomes a problem for the object, the problem of the object becomes a problem for self. And one thinks this is the real world. What is going on in the focusing that keeps repeating the history? That gets itself so restricted and narrow and defined and trapped so the self might show itself in a role, as I said, or in a viewpoint, or in a wave of something that's arising or whatever, and on that, with the object, 
there is a constant collision of events. There's like ripples and waves and storms running between the focusing and that which is focused on. One's got some ill health. One's uncertain about the present. One's uncertain uh, in, into uh, the future. One turns one's attention to the degree that one's identified with it is to the degree that it becomes a terrible problem for us. Sometimes it's with one's so-called own body. We focus on that. Every time we look at it, we're worrying, we're anxious, whether it's getting better or worse. And there's movement, there's waves, there's ripples taking place, going on inside. Are we somebody else that we love who is, who is close uh, to us? And we see the difficulty or the suffering is, is there. And then there's the waves and the ripples because of the form of relating. And sometimes we use, in all of that, we use the language of love. Oh, I'm, 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 I'm so worried, I'm so anxious. Why? Well, I love life, or I love this person, etc. All, all, too, all too human. But worry, fear, anxiety never did anybody on this earth any good whatsoever. It's a totally uh, irrelevant um, application to living with love. Yet the mind will confuse the two. And it will say, well, these ripples and agitations and all that's going on when I give my attention to this person or when I give my attention to my body or whatever. We want to kind of justify. Well, I love this person. Yes, one loves the person. Yeah. But in the experience of the waves, fear, worry, confusion or whatever, love tends to take second place. So it's in the focusing, with the witnessing of the first characteristic of, of change and learning to live with it thick and thin, to live and acknowledge it in, in its pleasantness as well. Sometimes we're just so relieved that something has changed. We're so grateful for impermanence that something which has been a nightmare and a problem has has. A, a stopped or a situation or a relationship or whatever it is is, uh, is over. So sometimes the response that comes through is, is genuine gratitude and appreciation. And sometimes the response that comes through is fear and anxiety or aggression, as I, as I mentioned. What is it to attend to impermanence, not to cut off in any way the feeling life, to be sensitive to the fact of change, so that the feeling element is in the focusing, in connection with what is, and to be as steady as we can with it. This is how the characteristic of existence appears to me in this relationship. To be steady and clear with it as much as we can. In that relationship, in, in that, then, as I said, the question of self begins to arise. When we're not clear with what we attend to, 
there's much more likelihood of self arising in its problematic way. If we're not clear, self has more potency. Think of the situations in life when ego is strongest. Conceit, arrogance, holding, depressed, feeling low, lack of self-worth, denial, avoidance, greed, whatever. So in the attend, attending to, in unclearness in the relationship to these characteristics, there's much more potential and probability of I, me and my arising. And when it does, we become more demanding on ourself and, correspondingly, more demanding on the object. We have to be. If we're not clear about what it is to be in relationship to existence, the, the very confirmation of it is the way I and my arises. Either more demanding on myself, expecting more from myself, wanting more from myself, or whatever, or withdrawing, whatever, or more demanding on that which comes to us. Sure sign of I and my invading that whole movement and process has to be another way which resolves the problem of life. And so the, the teachings point out and, and make explicitly clear this movement of the I and the mind, this movement that's taking place is a process which is taking place. It is not self. It's the movement that goes on and in the movement Arises the I, yes. It arises the self, yes. It arises the, the, uh, the my, yes. But where is it going? Into holding, possessiveness? Is it, is it infected, as it were, and trapped in that way? And therefore the pulling back mode that can take place in our life is that self and the I and my going outwardly. I want, I have, I must have, I must keep. taking and pulling more and more out of this world for me, for my. What is a consumer culture if it's not just reaching out more and more for me and my? Look at the cost, look at the deprivation, the poverty. Why? No awareness of how the focusing is taking place and the movement of I and my in the focus. Tragic, terrible circumstance for humanity. And the teachings say that movement, either to me, me, me in one way, or to the object for me or my, or us, or whatever uh, it might be, that we need to see clearly it is a movement, it is a process, it's not oneself. It is not self. It's the movement that goes on, and, to, and there can be the witnessing of the movement. the self, the me, the I and its movement makes for grasping all too quickly and all too easily. Either on the subject or on the object. As I say, one can't expect 
even the most loving and dedicated of uh, meditators to um, make uh, every moment and uh, every sitting and, and walking for the most part for most people the general way is towards calmness and uh, relaxation and settling in and, and uh, focusing and all of that is quite uh, appropriate but one has to be watchful with that 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 itself doesn't just become a pattern because if it becomes a pattern in your meditation you'll have no preparation nor readiness nor maturity to be able to deal with so-called daily life because the meditations will essentially be just a, a kind of relaxed comfortable posture and therefore the inner life will be utterly dependent on a supportive and caring environment and that isn't the one that's out there there's no substitution for clarity and wisdom and if that's there then the difference between here and there and that duality will drop away dramatically and significantly it's the clarity and wisdom that will gives us uh, the resource and uh, the, the refuge so therefore I say in the context of uh, teachings for uh, purposes of uh, insight see clearly the characteristic of uh, change and impermanence and to really make sure that that really is occurring about anything whether you whatever you like or whatever you don't like whatever you prefer or whatever you, you rather not have and that it's, it's unambiguous towards all things which are presented in the focusing stay with it and even the staying with it in uh, not only in the gross but in the subtle expression and it's not always easy to do this and that is to stay with it and to see that in change born and bred a variety of conditions there is something unsatisfactory about it no person can ever feel complete fulfilled and awakened simply, as I said before, by steadiness in the face of impermanence. One then says, my goodness, the object cannot provide me with the fullness of understanding. The object cannot provide the fullness of peace. The thingness in what I attend to is not the essential thing which matters why it's impermanent it's impermanent therefore it's unsatisfactory therefore it has no inherent self-existence to it comes and goes with the circumstances and there's just this movement towards to get or to get rid of and the movement back towards the self can we be with this not saying it's that's what life is and there's nothing else can we be with that in such a way that in being with that it may may generate a receptivity to a discovery which is greater than impermanence greater than unsatisfactoriness and greater than the issues of self arising and passing but for that discovery 
We've got to be really genuinely on the edge, right there in the thick of existence. Right there with that which is, as it were, in our face. Pleasurable sometimes, terribly painful other times, and at other times somewhere in between. And the teachings say, stay with it, stay steady with it. Don't settle for relaxation and calmness and being mindful. One is shortchanging one's whole existence to do that. And therefore, times, generating periods and times, and the opportunity for clear seeing. Clear seeing of this movement, subject, object, focused, and what's focused upon. Experiencer and what's experienced. And then we'll understand well and beautifully and in a remarkably liberated way what the Buddha discovered under the tree. We can discover in the sitting, in the walking, in the standing, in, in, in the day. And that, that discovery is truly close at hand when we're looking into those characteristics. Because we're not making them the essence of life. We're not making any of those three the... Uh, the true reality of things. Just a resource for something else. May all beings live with awareness. May all beings see into the characteristics of existence. May all beings discover a liberated and joyful life. So let's have a couple of quiet minutes, shall we please? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.